Let's give our tech team a hand for putting that together. Man, that was so good. Doesn't that look like a great movie? Man, it looks awesome. And yes, I did realize that we were doing a movie called Despicable Me on Father's Day. Yeah, I do. I get that. I and mean, I'm not saying that dads are despicable. I mean, hello, I are one. But I'll be honest with you, sometimes it does feel like I'm surrounded by minions who speak in an unintelligible language that always are causing problems, you know? Is that right? It happens. But hey, happy Father's Day. So glad that you're here today. And today we are going to learn some great lessons uh, from this, the movie Despicable Me and from a father named Gru. It really is a great movie to do on Father's Day because Gru used to be a mastermind villain. If you've ever seen any of the movies, you know this. He used to be a mastermind villain, but yet he gave all of that up so that he could rear his three adopted little girls. So really, the movie is a lot about how dads make sacrifices for their kids. So literally, it's a, it's a great movie to do on Father's Day. And the lessons we're going to learn today from the movie and from the Bible are not only going to, are lessons that not only make dads better fathers, but they make all of us better people. So, let's get right to it. Um, when I first got serious about following Christ, um, I began to hear something that, honestly, I thought was a little bit weird. And I remember sitting in a Bible study one time, and, you know, when they said this thing, I thought it was so weird and odd, but I, like, I didn't want to ask any questions because everybody around me was like nodding their head like, yeah, yeah. And I didn't want to like, be the only one that didn't know, so like, I put on my best contemplative face and I went, yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though I, like, I clearly had no idea what they were talking about. And here's what they said. They said, they said living inside of each one of us are two people. So I told you it was weird, right? They said, living inside of each one of us are two people. There is, get this, there's a sin man and a spirit man. And like gladiators, they fight. Which I also thought was weird because I always thought that fighting was a sin. So, but you know, it turns out, it turns out that they were actually right. But they just didn't explain it very well. Because look, there's not two people living inside of us, okay? That's not it. The Bible actually clarifies and says it's actually two natures that live inside. That there is this sinful nature, and that's the part that just so easily and so readily gives in to sin, the things I know I shouldn't do. And then, for those that are Christ followers, there's this spiritual nature. And that's the part of me that wants to please God. But these natures are in conflict with one another, so that therefore sometimes I don't do the very things that I want to do. Now, for those that are not Christ followers, the spiritual nature is not present because that only comes after someone becomes a Christian, becomes a Christ follower, okay? Now, in the movie Despicable Me, we actually see a parallel of how all of this plays out because our Gru, our hero, he meets his twin brother Drew and his twin brother Drew draws him back into a life of crime that he gave up so that he could live a different kind of life at one point in time. But now he's drawn back into that old life, back into that old way of living by his twin brother, Drew. Okay, 
Like, does any of that sound familiar as far as, like, sometimes how Christians behave? Like, sometimes we feel drawn back into some of our old habits, our old way of living, our old life by that sinful nature. We end up doing the very thing we didn't want to do in the first Look, In fact, look how Paul describes it. In Romans chapter 7, this is your first verse, so go either look at it in your Bible or look at it in your message notes. Either way, it doesn't matter. Whatever works for you. Romans 7 verse 18, he says this. Paul says, I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature. See, he, he calls it what it is. It's sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what's good, but I cannot carry it out. For what I do is not the good I want to do. No, The evil that I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Like, isn't that true? I mean, don't we all know the the good that we want to do, but for like whatever reason we can't do it? And then the very thing that we don't want to do, like, that's the thing that we do. Yeah. Like, is it just like me and that one other person, or is like anybody else like tracking with this? Is that that just, okay, good. I was, it was either like, y'all have no clue what I'm talking about, or like everybody's super convicted, or like, oh my gosh. So anyway, so. But look, sometimes, sometimes we feel like as Christ followers, like we're not really making much progress. So sometimes we feel like it's like two steps forward and then three steps back. And we're not really getting anywhere spiritually. Why? Because we get drawn back into these old habits. We get drawn back into, you know, the old way of life that we wanted to leave behind. But for whatever reason, like we just can't do so. And so you know what happens is that we end up, we miss out on the joy of what being a Christian really is like. And and we listen to all these other people talk about, oh, how great it is to be a Christian. Oh, how great it is to follow Jesus Christ. Oh, how wonderful. And they live this happy and fulfilled and abundant life. And we just sit there like people in a Bible study who don't really understand, just nodding our heads going, oh, great, uh uh-huh. But inside... We're having a hard time because we know it's not true of us. And so we get to the point where, like, we wonder if it's even true. We wonder if it's even possible. We, and we begin to think that, that that kind of Christianity is more like Christianity on a stick, like a carrot on a stick, that it's out there. It's always just beyond reach. And so then the question becomes for us, like, so is, is that Christianity even really possible? I mean, is it? Is it even real? Well, yeah, it is. And yes, it is possible. And through this movie and through the Bible, God's going to show us how we can stop like taking two steps forward and then three steps back, but instead, we can take two steps forward, like, and we can stay there. And then we can take another two steps forward. And then we can take another two steps forward. And we can take another two steps forward. So we don't have to keep this yo-yo type of spiritual life going on. And after we do that, pretty soon we'll find that we're experiencing that kind of exciting, abundant life that we always imagine. And look, and I've said this before, and it's true for dads on Father's Day. It's true for mothers on Mother's Day. It's true for kids on every day, because like everybody knows, every day is Kids Day, right? Jesus not only makes my life better but he makes me better at life. It's true. Jesus not only makes my life better, he makes me better 
at life. Okay, well, how? Well, how does he do that? Well, let's ask this question. How does Jesus help me give in to my spiritual nature and not my sin nature? Here's the first way. This is what I want you to write down. First thing I need to understand is that I can be taught ways to overcome my sin, sinful nature. I can be taught ways to overcome my sin nature. Look what, look what Paul says in Ephesians 4.22. He says, you were taught, and I want you to circle the word taught, okay? It's very important. We're going to come back to it. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds. I want you to circle the word minds. We're going to come back to that in a second, too. And to put on the new self. I want you to underline, put on the new self. Created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Okay, now, let's do something different today. Let's start at the bottom of the verse and work our way back up to the top, okay? So in the last part, I had you underline where Paul says, hey, you need to put on the new self. Now, interestingly enough, the words put on are the same words that are used to describe someone that puts on clothing, so what, what Paul is saying, he's saying, hey, you need, to just, you need to just put on your new spiritual nature and take off your old. You know, just like someone like, takes off an old sweaty pair of, of socks and then puts on a new, you know, good-smelling, clean pair of socks. Like, that's what you need to do with your sinful nature. Just take it off and just put the new one on. To which you and I, like, we look at Paul and, like, People in a Bible study that are just sick and tired of nodding at things that they don't understand, we just look at Paul and we go, Paul, it's not that simple. I mean, if it was that simple, don't you think I would have done that already? So, Paul, what gives? It's, it's not even true. To which Paul would look at you and he'd look at me and he would say, oh no, it's true. You're just making it harder than it has to be. Okay? How? Well, Paul tells us how, and he tells us why. Go back to that previous part that I had you circle. I had you circle the word minds. See, Paul says in order to change, you have to change the way you think, okay? Not change the way you feel, change the way you think. See, many people have bought in this lie that, that one day, I'm just going to wake up, and I'm going to feel spiritual, then I'm going to wake up, and I'm not going to feel jealous, and I'm not going to feel greedy, and I'm not going to feel angry, and I'm not ever going to get upset when somebody pushes my buttons. I'm just going to feel love for everybody, and I'm going to feel kind, and I'm just going to be forgiving of everybody and all mankind everywhere. It's going to be great. That's ridiculous. That's silly. And it's never going to happen. Why? Because all of us always are going to feel the pull of temptation. Look, and that's what happens to Gru in the movie. Like, he feels the pull back into that old lifestyle, and he gives into it. He gives into the pull. He gives into the feeling. And he goes back to his former way of life. And look, and if you and I, if we wait around until we feel differently, then we're not going to make much spiritual progress. Dads, if you wait around until you feel like being a great dad before you actually become a great dad, then you'll never be one. 
You have to decide. You have to choose by making a decision with your mind to be a great dad. You have, and to do that, you have to change the way that you think. And, and for all of us in our spiritual life, we have to change the way that we think. See, because look what I had you circle at the beginning of the verse. Paul says that you were taught. He says you were taught how to put off the old self. That means that, that means that there's things that you can learn to do. It means that there's things that you can learn so that you can learn to live that abundant Christian life that you've always heard about that honestly up until now you thought was only possible for people like, you know, like Jesus, the 12 disciples, and Tim Tebow, okay? But it's not. It's possible for you too. And that leads us to our second point today, and this is what I want you to write down. I need to decide to put on my spiritual nature. I just need to decide to put on my spiritual nature. Now I want you to hang on while we develop this for just a few moments here, okay? Colossians 3, beginning in verse 2, it says, set your minds on things above, not earthly things. Because, look, Paul starts off, he reminds us that our behavior begins in our minds, not with our feelings, okay? And so, what kind of thing needs to change? Here, here, here it is, verse 3, he says, for you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Like, for I died. Like, Paul, what you talking about? Like, I'm, like I'm alive. If I was dead, I, could, I couldn't even be reading what you're saying here. Well, obviously, look, Paul's not talking about a physical death here. And if you're ever really going to grow as a Christian, here is a, a very powerful principle you have to get a hold of at some point in time in your life. And here it is. This is what I want you to write down. My sin nature was crucified with Christ on the cross, but it's not quite dead yet. My sin nature was crucified with Christ on the cross, but it's not quite dead yet. I mean, that's so true. See, look, when Christ died on the cross, he not only took away my sin, but he pronounced a death sentence to my sin nature. Now, I want you to notice, Paul specifically says that I died on the cross. Well, since he's not talking about my physical body, what's he talking about? He's talking about my sin nature. My sin nature, he says, he's crucified it on the cross. But I know, just practically speaking, it's not dead. So it's crucified, but it's not quite dead yet. Jesus has pronounced a death sentence over it because, look, its fate is sealed. My sin nature will not follow me to heaven but it is present with me here on this earth. But it's not dead yet. And so here's the thing. Hey, get this. I get to decide if I want to keep my sin nature well fed or not. See, every time I choose to act sinfully or every time I, you know, make those kinds of choices, it's like going to my sin nature, which is like crucified on the cross. It's like me going up to that sin nature that's crucified and giving it some food and giving it some water and bandaging up its wounds, making sure that it's you know, strong enough to make it through another day, why in the world would I do that? But every time I make those sinful choices, like that is what I'm doing. I'm making the choice to keep my sin nature well nourished. And so in order to not feed my sin nature, like I have to change the way that I think. So when it, look, when it comes to sin, the war was won on the cross, but the battles are won in my mind. They're won in how I think. 
The war was won on the cross, but the day-to-day battles are won in my mind. Look what Paul says. He continues in Colossians 3, verse 4. He says this. He says, um, I'm sorry, verse 5. He says, put to death. I want you to underline put to death. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your sinful nature, your earthly nature. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must rid yourselves. I want you to underline, rid yourselves. Rid yourselves of all such things as these. Anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since, you've been, since you have taken off your old self with its practice and practices and have put on the new self. I want you to circle, put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Okay? Now look, look, look at the language Paul uses here. When it comes to sinful behavior, he says, I'm to put it to death. I am to rid myself of those kinds of things. Why? Because Paul knows something that you and I so easily forget. And this is the next big principle. You need to write this down. Every decision leads to a destination. Every decision leads to a destination. What do I mean by that? I mean that, look, every time you come to a fork in the road in your behavior where like, you know, I could choose to go this way or I can make decisions and I can choose to go this way. Every time I come to a fork in the road in my behavior and have a choice to make, I need to realize that whatever road I decide, that road leads somewhere. Like, that decision, it leads to a destination. And likewise, this leads to a destination. And if, and if I choose this way, it's going to lead somewhere. Look, because Paul knows what you and I already know. That, look, no one arrives at a divorce. No one arrives at an addiction or at loneliness in marriage or a breakdown in communication with their teenager or at uh, deteriorated friendships or an alienated work relationship. Nobody arrives at those things in a day. It's always through a series of decisions that we make along the way because every decision leads to a destination. Now, thankfully, most of the time, one decision doesn't automatically catapult me all the way to the destination. Thankfully, it doesn't do that most of the time. But that one decision does, it pushes me a little bit further down the road. And it makes it easier to make another decision, which pushes me a little bit farther, and a little bit farther, and a little bit farther. Until finally, I arrive at a place in life where I never thought I would go. And that's why people say things like, I never thought this would happen to me. Or, I never imagined I'd wind up here. Or, never in my wildest dreams would I have thought this would be the result. Because every decision leads to a destination. And honestly, that's at the core of what our Heavenly Father is wanting to say to us through this movie. Because look, Gru eventually gets to the place where he realizes he is... He is at a spot in life where he really doesn't want to go. He he realizes that his choices have alienated him from his wife and from his three little girls. he's, He's at a place where he never thought he would go. And the only way back for him is to make some changes in his life. And that's true for you too. The only way back is to make some changes. 
You have to choose to put off the old self and put on the new self. Now look, God's going to help you. But look, just like grew, you have to make that initial decision. And look, dads, just the fact that you're here today, you've already made a first very important decision. So look, keep making those types of decisions. Keep doing it. Now, the key for you is not that you have to just stop doing the bad things. You also have to start doing the good things. Because look, just, look, just as much as the wrong decisions can lead you to a place you don't want to go, get this. The right decisions can lead you to a place that you do want to go. Let me give you an example. Um, one of the things that I have just you know, discovered about myself is that whatever I listen to in the car on the way to work kind of sets the tone for the day. And, this, and, and likewise, whatever I listen to in the car on the way home from work kind of sets the tone for how the evening is going to go. And so um, this last year, um, I spent a lot of time listening to, you know, sports talk radio. And then because of the, like, the, you know, big primary election cycle, I also listened to a lot of political talk radio. But because both my teams and my candidate kept losing, um, I just really got irritable all the time. I was not, I was not a happy person. And so that was beginning to affect things at work, it was affecting things at home, and so, you know what, I decided I needed to just put off those habits. And so you know what I did? Like, I just, I just turned it off. Like, I, I just turned it off. Now, riding in the car in silence was not helping me much either, okay? <laughs> like, that also was not drawing me closer to God. And so you know what I decided to do? I decided to put on a different habit. I began to start listening to sermons from pastors that I really look up to and admire and that really inspire me. And I also started mixing in some worship music from Passion and Elevation and Hillsong and Bethel. And over time, what I noticed was it just changed my overall mood. It it began to just affect my day-to-day. Now look, it doesn't mean I'm perfect and or anything like that i mean that's that's certainly not true i mean that's a lot, everybody has bad days but overall when i took off that old habit and i put on that new habit it began to lead me to a different destination every day see how that works and so for you what behavior do you need to change and more importantly What behavior do you need to replace with? Because look, you can't just take off an old habit like you, you know, take off old clothes and don't put on new ones. Like, hello, that would be inappropriate for a lot of people. (laughs) So you need to put on new habits, all right? So So for you, what do you need to stop doing and what do you need to start doing in its place? Do you need to stop reading so much social media and start reading more of the Bible? Do you need to stop drinking as much and start talking to your spouse or your counselor about what's really bothering you? Do you need to stop raising your voice and start apologizing for your part of the conflict? Do you need to stop working such long hours and start scheduling date nights and time alone with your family? Do you need to stop hanging out with certain people and start investing 
in people who are stronger Christ followers? Do you need to stop finding reasons not to go to church and start making commitments to be at church? What do you need to stop doing and what do you need to start doing? Okay, one last thing. In the movie, Gru eventually realizes, get this, that his happiness does not come from embracing more of his old way of life. He realizes that happiness only comes from embracing more of his new way of life. And for you, that's the same thing. Look, happiness doesn't come by going back and just embracing more of what you were doing before. Happiness only comes by embracing more of a godly way of life. Now, for you, that might mean that you have to start by becoming a Christ follower. Because, look, everybody has to start there. Everybody starts there. So if you've never asked Jesus Christ to come to your life, if you've never become a Christ follower, start with that. There's a prayer. It's at the bottom of your message. Take a moment and pray that right now. But look, if you've already prayed that prayer before, and you still find that you keep taking two steps forward and three steps back, never make any real spiritual progress, then what, you know what you need to do? You need to sell out to following Jesus. You need to embrace more of that new way of life. Not more of the old way of life. That's not where the happiness is. The happiness is in the new way of life. The happiness is embracing more of Christ. And you do that by changing how you think because it doesn't matter how you feel because you know that making those kinds of choices will lead you to a different destination in life place that you do want to go so look so today like would you learn the lesson from the most unlikely of fathers from Gru, from the movie despicable me three and fully sell out to following jesus with your life to bow your head close your eyes let me pray for all of us heavenly father thank you thank you that you you speak to us through ordinary things like like movies, like this movie Despicable Me 3 and how it so parallels the truths that we see in the Bible and how you've tried to communicate to us uh, this same truth for thousands of years. And so Heavenly Father, I pray for every single person that is listening today that wants to embrace a new way of life, that maybe wants to make their walk with you more exciting and richer and fuller and don't want to feel like Christianity is just a carrot on a stick any longer. That they would want something more. Lord, that they would find it by embracing more of you. And so, Father, lead us to those destinations where we want to go. And bring us back next week as we wrap up this series. We ask you to do this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.